powerful internet, the Spectrum Business Connect phone system and mobile service. I cannot live without it. <laughs> That's Spectrum Business. No nonsense, just business.
Good afternoon. This is the real George of the Jungle. Welcome to the Spirit Animal Podcast. Today we do have a special guest with us by the name of Sergio Jimenez, a renowned uh, entrepreneur here in Arizona as well in other states, known as an actor, a producer, a writer, I believe, and a owner of America's owner or America's best roofing. Without further ado, El Sergio Jimenez. <laughs> My brother, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. How are you doing today, brother? I'm tired, man. How are you? Same. I feel the same hurt. I feel the same pain. It's been a long weekend. Back and forth with mom. Back and forth with wife. You feel it in the joints now, man? Not yet. I'm not as old as you, I think. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. You <laughs> good to see you man well, yeah it's good to see you brother it's been a couple years um i think the last time we saw i tie was uh my last employment at watson chevrolet <laughs> yeah yeah it has been that long yeah Damn. yeah well i'm i'm happy to see you have a podcast and all man this is uh it takes a lot of work to put one of these together and um consistency with it and you know it's it's a lot of work, man. So kudos to you. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate you. Um, the reason why I wanted to actually bring you on, brother, was there was a lot of synchronicities between, I don't know if our lives or the evolutionary of where we've been throughout our process, but I might be keeping tabs on you. I might not, but I see a lot of, of the same growth. It might not be in the same areas or the same process, but I can relate a lot to your process. Um, maybe other of the guys that I've interviewed here as well, but uh, the roads that you've taken or the path that you've taken is not easy. And I've seen your growth, but your passion has always been there as well. Your heart, your hustle. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, man. It's, it's a lot of motivation that came from your end. I know uh, a lot of the uh, framework of sales also came to from your head to mine. You know, a lot of the, the recommendations of sales or, or growing of balls came from your end. String, stringing of strings. Um, I remember yeah, a lot man, of antidotes. Yeah. I do, yeah. I remember that, man. Um, I, I, I do remember uh, when you, you know, when you started, uh, and I was, uh, yeah, I was a sales manager at that at that dealership, and um, like for me, I have no expectations of anybody, but. Like I asked you to do something once and you did it. And I was like, damn, I didn't think this guy would do that. Nobody does that. I asked you uh, to go buy a uh, fucking, um, I used to go to the, to, to the swap meet to, to generate some leads or some shit, man. I had to go pick up like a, like a microphone speaker thing. Like the old school Mexicans do when they sell fruit in Mexico and they're just fucking the garafas or whatever they call them. Um, yep. And you got a couple deals from it, man. I was like, damn. So, uh, yeah, dude, good for you that you, you actually take the advice and and um, kind of bite down on your mouthpiece and just kind of go for it, you know? So that was yeah. sick. It, it, it didn't all start beautiful and sunshine, you know? He started handing out handing deals, you know, making it easy for me to sell a vehicle. And that's where I kind of, you know, spit in my grit. But I remember my first deal, man. It was a used vehicle. And you, we called that lady back from forth just so we can close that deal. 
I don't think we made shit or squat on that deal, but just so I can feel that fulfillment. That's how I felt. Like you were feeling some type of pity for me. And it was like, okay, I'll get my shit together. <laughs> he sees some type of potential. He's giving me the hand. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's about helping others, you know, helping put others over. And that's something I've always been about is really helping other people develop themselves and be the best versions of themselves. And it's crazy how much I see in people that they don't see in themselves, you know? So, um, I'm just trying to help people open their eyes a little bit, I guess. Part of the reason why we might be here so, tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, man, this is fun. So, what what do you guys got about on this podcast here, man? It's, it's called the Spirit Animals. I, Correct. You know, so I like sorry to I couldn't make it out. <laughs> the Spirit Animal Podcast. Yes. So. Uh, the mainframe is kind of like getting to know what your animal is about, what you your your great or your armor really is. You know, I believe like the spirit animal kind of represents some type of spiritual battle between the spiritual ground and our plane. So I'd like to see that or pretty much like a shield on people, you know. What is it that you've been through? What is it that you are about? What animal defines you in, in the real world of nature or the wild? The wild has a lot of uh, synchronicities and similarities to a lot of people, and like you might see yourself. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, um, I uh, I'm always thinking about stuff like that, man. I mean, when you when you start really uh, dumbing things down to primitive nature, is when you start to you know compare the traits of animals to those of humans, and they help us make us more human. For some reason, yeah, we're comparing ourselves to animals, and it really it gives yourself a different sense of like perspective um, with your habits and whatnot. But I do. Um, that's interesting. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, well, I, I hate that I'm admitting this, but I purposely didn't go in person because I didn't want you to put a snake around my neck. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Terrified of that shit, man. Man, well, we're gonna have to get that phobia away from you. You know, it, 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 I think it's an accumulation of fear that you have developed that we can work it out. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I I don't know, but I I touched the snake one time in like uh, second grade, and I remember just the feeling of it. Just I can't really describe what it was like. It was scaly and slimy, and it was just like it wasn't for me, but. Good for you, man. You got some balls on you, bro. We all do, brother. We all do. It might just be your spirit animal, man. You had something against snakes or something against reptiles. I, I don't know, man. The predatory chain. In insects, too, man. I can't do insects, man. That's probably... I, I definitely... Uh, I uh, you'll, you'll see the most scared me in front of like a cockroach or something. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of phobia for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm just being honest. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> well, next time we'll have to get you in and we'll put a snake around you first. Yeesh. Brother, well, to start with the uh, the beginning of uh, spirituality and, and what you you pretty much define your, your shield, what is your spiritual routine, or do you happen to have any spiritual habits that you have picked along throughout the years or any type of religion that you may follow? Um, 
that perspective changes uh, year after year, you know, um, and I think it should. I, sh I think it should either progress or just change, period. Um, like, I used to take spirituality as a form of uh, just trying to unlock your, your higher self. Uh, there's, I guess a lot of people, uh, immediately like correlate, like when they think of spirituality, they think of, uh, uh, meditation and I'll be honest, I don't meditate every day. Um, I would certainly, uh, I would certainly say I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Um, all of religion does, uh, serve some good to people. It just kind of gives you life lessons through story some better than others <laughs> and um as far as spirituality like it's just i think it's really about getting lost in your own soul man it's about getting lost in 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 like that trail that scent trail that your soul is like sort of sending you on and whatever it is you have to do to kind of get into that mindset to focus on that to get more clarity on that i i really think that on why you're here right i think that's what sort of like embodies um in my opinion what, what like spirituality can be right it's about unlocking like a higher self but i'm definitely that i don't know if i answered your question man it's quite broad it's quite broad but i, I i'm catching a drift uh but i think we might be on the same similarities of that um uh, i don't think that that there is a particular religion for everybody and some people don't require that type of key in order to unlock certain things. Um, but spirituality or certain practices might have what we call routine. And a lot of people lack that certain thing to have consciousness or some type of higher awareness. Um, so my question to you again would be, do you happen to have any backtracking of, of some type of practice or any use of any type of what we call mundane human practice to uh, to utilize some type of skill or that you dropped along the years? Um, it really boils down to what you have to do to focus, you know? Um, you know, for somebody to uh, like embark on somewhat of a spiritual journey or really try to understand what that means, um, I think it's just, I, I think people routine wise, I mean, meditation, of course, helps get you there. Right. But different things can work for different people. It really depends on what the fuck you like love, right? Like, what do you want? What would you get lost in? Um, what did you get lost like, in? I get, what did I get lost in? Um, I mean, I get lost in everything, right? Like, I, 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 I get lost in the things that I need to do and the things that I want to do. Um, for instance, you know, and by lost, I mean like lost in that sense of flow, right? Your state of flow. Um, and I think that really ties into what spirituality really is, right? It's really unlocking the higher ego, the higher self, those higher vibrations. Um, you know, for somebody to go on a fucking spiritual retreat or binge or whatever, like, they really have to have low vibrations, right? So, um, so I get lost in work. I get lost in boxing. I get lost in writing, um, in acting. Like, 
these are just different things that again i either have to do or want to do uh but i do to my fullest every time and i do that by simply getting lost in the work whatever it is reaching that sort of state of flow within the activity or work that i'm doing and just feeling that sense of fulfillment at the end uh of it all you know and um so that's really where i'm at right like but i don't really have a particular kind of process man did you have any type of uh technique or type of workout that you use to find that serenity that you display um i mean combat sports for me man um you know i used to i used to be a lot heavier than i was now um there was a time where i wanted to be like a fucking uh uh competitive uh like uh those guys that just get like big and shredded not like the huge guys right uh physique i just wanted to compete in physique so i would lift really heavy man and that was the style of workout but it, that wouldn't do it for me so that, that got really boring for me but when i got into combat sports it it really sort of forces you to get lost in the flow of it all right like you know like if you if i don't know if you've ever shadow boxed uh like give you an example like the la fitness is in tucson or everywhere they have punching bags in these in the aerobics rooms and dude like leave the lights off in there go in there to shadow box hit the bags for a little bit and you just sort of if you just get lost in your music and just just you know warm the body up and just kind of get yourself into this sort of rhythm and try to stay there for as long as like your body welcomes it um that also helps give you so much clarity when you're done like it's pretty beautiful actually uh but it's really just about learning how to shut everything off bro like when you have to do something right like my wife hates that because i'm not a she says i'm not a good multitasker but I just refuse to, to do more than one thing at a time when I know, you know, like, I'm like, I, I need to master this. I'm focusing on this. This needs my attention, whatever this is. And so I just sort of, I focus on that. I get lost on that. And when I'm done with that and I feel fulfilled in that, then I move on to whatever the fuck else needs to happen next. So, I mean, I know that's not directly an answer to that, but, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't, I don't wake up at five in the morning every day to fucking do yoga or meditate, or I don't do a cold plunge uh, or any of that. You know, I just, I guess I don't feel like I'm ever in a rut. You know, so. Well, that's a question of the century. Like, do you have to be in a rut in order to utilize these techniques or these practices? Like, can you, you still utilize that as something to be beneficial? And you just explained that and said yes by using combat or combat training to your advantage. Now, do you use this on a periodically basis or is this just something that you usually go out and box to the ring and then come back the next week? It's sort of routine. So like when I'm not, so like I try to work out the five times a week, like that's a gimme. Um, diet's also a huge part of this, man. Like people wonder why they feel like shit, right? They might not look like shit, but they wonder why they feel like shit. It's really about what they're putting in the body. So um try to control that as much as possible i mean grill as much as you can because that really does help affect your moods and it affects your your work ethic it affects your attitude man um but 
you know, coupling that with exercise and dude, I'm a lazy ass. I go to the gym for 30 minutes, do a stair climber for 10 minutes and then I'll do fucking like just a functional circuit, just hit the whole body, get it, get in and out in 30 minutes. And then like I weave in boxing at least two, three times a week um, just to kind of stay conditioned. Um, but when you're in there sparring with people, when you're in there working with people, um, it's pretty humbling, man. <laughs> you know, it's like we humans have this sort of primitive nature to us. that's very animalistic, man. I mean, that's, that's we were talking about that earlier. Um, it's primitive, it's animalistic. And, you know, we're very, of course, like people like lions. And it's that's what those boxing gyms are like. It's like, who's the alpha, right? Who's going to be who's yeah. ass and <laughs> it's, uh, who's going to uh, uh, pound their chest here in front of their fucking little girlfriends? Well, right. Or try to at least. And it's just like, it's like a zoo in there, man. And it's, I love it, bro, because it's, it's like that, that, I don't know, man, there's just something to it. It's, it's a bit masochistic, but it's, uh, <laughs> you get to take your anger out, bro. Like, like you just want to punch something sometimes. You know, I don't know if you feel that way, but bro, like if you just got to blow some steam off, man, like, you know, I try not to take it out on anybody. Like I try, I try to get my ass to the gym before anybody feels the wrath of like my stupid mood. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hope, I hope that helps. So balance would be the, 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 the strategy. Certainly balance, man. Certainly. I mean, it's it's i mean you really have to protect your mental health that's part of what spirituality is right i mean animals do this shit man they hunt daily that keeps and, them in shape it's, it might be so primal but aren't they trying sentience for doing this unknowingly or maybe they're always aware of it and we've just lost that consciousness throughout evolution i mean life for anyone is survival man whether you're an animal or a human Every day is like, how can I make, how can I continue to survive? And how can I make survival more convenient? Like how, how, how can convenience aid with my survival? And people are always looking for that easy way out. But at the end of the day, it's survival of the fittest. And it doesn't matter what supplements you take. It doesn't matter how much weight you can push. My guy, if you're not in shape, if you can't throw more than three punches, you're not the fittest, you know, somebody's going to trample you, bro. I mean, that's how it is in the jungle, man. I mean, when the alpha, when somebody wants to challenge the alpha, it's, it's a challenge, man. It's like fucking within black Panther when he gets challenged, right? Like it's so, it seems so bizarre and so like movie ish, but that's the way it really is. Like you got to hold your own weight, man. That's the real world. It's the way it is, people, brother. I, I guess I, 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 people are so entitled to life uh, and food and service and entitled to so like so much. They forget that, like, man, not long ago, dude, we were like, I don't know, man, it's crazy. Like our houses didn't have windows long ago, you know, like <laughs> it's 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 a it's a wild world, bro. And people forget that, I think. Maybe it's because they were never processed through that that experience, and that's why I'd, I may not show pity to them. But at the same time, it's like there's no reality. You know, it's like it's always just a continual circle. 
because of the way that the the box sees there's not much to see if the box can only see straight mm. you know what i mean yeah man so many ways you can look at it dude so do you have any spiritual religion or or belief what what was that again bro i was like what are you puffing on i'm being nosy what was your question i'm puffing on a stizzy a indica i think was this was acai blue acai some type of strain i have no clue what it is but it is an indica Mm. very good no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, do you have any religion that you had practiced in the past or that, that you were born into that culture where you remember that your parents practiced or anything that grandpa or grandma practiced? Uh, we were raised Catholic, man. Um, yeah, we, we didn't like... We literally, we've gone to like three misas our whole life growing up. And it was usually Holy Communions or a fucking quince. <laughs> you know, it, we never, uh, you know, I'm kind of happy that I didn't get it like jammed down my throat, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly not an atheist. I'm not a... Um, practitioner of any religion i wouldn't say i don't even say that i'm catholic right because it's sort of put a it puts a label on you like yeah you know anyone that practices mormonism will always just be a mormon like <laughs> uh i was raised catholic but it's not something that i preach or practice or anything like that you know yeah same here so i would say no man yeah you too That's a lot nice. of mexicans bro it's Yeah, that's, that's really it. Is I, I mean, it's it's from the Spaniards, really. Yeah. Thank you, Spaniards. Yeah. Fuck you, Spaniards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a clean slate would be a good way to start, you know. But not not a lot of people are born with that fortune to have a clean slate. You know, it's always a practice to to imprint it in our children as the cultures from the past would do. And I think that comes more of scarcity and, and development, kind of like if you had a house, you would pass it on to your child, the same way religion became transcended to your children as some type of inheritance. Now, a lot of us or a lot of our ancestors developed some type of sense where they utilize different practice to either become aware of certain things or certain practices that opened up keys to yoga or maybe your own life or some type of practice. Now, what I mean by yoga is like yoga can be misinterpreted by saying that it's just sitting down and breathing techniques. I believe that yoga can unlock a lot of things that some people might find as taboo or unreal to this world, but it might unlock pathways to your your development or your experience in the future. So do you utilize any techniques yourself that you might not want to share like Vajra techniques or any unknown taboos that might be under yoga? I mean, kind of, man. So I started getting into, when I started uh, really diving into meditation, um, I started getting into transcendental meditation. And 
it's i mean it's it, you're really just trying to reach reach your uh, pineal glands right yeah. and i've only been able to do it once but like you're talking taboo and like that you you can give yourself like a straight up orgasm no ejaculation or anything like that but through through meditation man like that's possible it's it's like it's really hard really hard to do but i feel like i definitely tickled that uh once or twice and uh, there was this psychologist uh joseph murphy i think was his name he wrote a book called um the power of the subconscious mind and he was one of those doctors uh back in the mid 19 early 1900s he was studying you know transcendentalism uh, transcendental meditation and stuff like that and this guy dr joe dispenza a neurologist like was able to extend his studies and sort of like prove with science that this shit is real right uh like with brain waves frequencies energy like he's able to create or find these apparatuses that can literally show you people's vibrations um that, that's like the closest thing to like yoga because i know that yoga can really it really helps it can help lead into that sort of realm of transcendental um meditation we uh the only thing i practice that's close to that now is through acting um the like the acting classes that i take are very spiritual man like that's probably why i liked it so much is because like we start every class with a group with a class meditation we we we, we align in a circle nice little symmetrical circle on the stage every monday night and we just meditate together man and we sort of like amalgamate our energies um to really enlighten you know enlighten each other for that class and every class we do that so it's a practice that i do before every time i perform um i do that right i do that sort of same style of meditation which and it's like a dynamic uh meditation man which is pretty sweet uh similar to yoga uh, but it's really centered around acting and performance and focus and um like to me that's like enough right like i don't i don't feel like i gotta get home and do it again do you think like those techniques and the question is because it just came to mind when you said that <clears throat> but there has been a lot of callings especially in like the uh uh who was the producer of uh, passion of christ um the producer of mel gibson there's a lot of callings where people say that there's certain synchronicities or happenings on stage. Do you think that that might be the reason why? Because there's some type of synchronicity going on in the evolutionary process of, of becoming the opera or whatever happens on stage kind of does have some either resonation between their energies that might make things happen or look abnormal kind of like the mel gibson story where there was lightning shot in the middle of goliath during the mountain or certain happenings on scary movies where there's some exorcisms and people happen to see real apparitions do you think that might be some type of synchronicity a thousand percent man <laughs> i uh i have personal experience with something like with, with, with something sort of supernatural like that you know um 
on set on a movie set. <laughs> uh, but you know, people call them curses or whatever, or maldiciones, or it's it really is that calling of of uh, from these performers. You know, like it's so crazy, dude. Acting, good acting, right? Or I should say, great acting is not a, it's not so much a technical thing it's a very spiritual thing man like and like when you're trying to get in these uh the perspective of these characters when you're really trying to understand the world the stories and you're calling the universe for 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 answers right like you're you're just sort of emitting and ejecting this energy calling for something and when stuff like that happens on set like it was called upon right like you you summon something it's it's no different than everybody preaching the whole you know the the uh what is it the law of attraction right like if you think it and whatever right but like the thing with the spiritual aspect with like acting great performers is they're sort of like calling for all these things in their meditations in their yoga in their their process and the way they approach the work and in a way they sort of get what they ask for <laughs> you know and uh so i do believe in that shit man absolutely like it's how could you not i mean <laughs> you know yeah, man, it's it's very uh, emotional and in tune. Like you're saying, you connect with a lot of emotions with people. And that ha has happened to me in seances where I sit down and I, I open my spiritual square and I see further from beyond. Not to say I'm watching spirits but ghosts, but I have senses to see certain things. And when that happens, it feels like there's an immediate connection. Almost like, I'm not sure if you did mushrooms in the past, but that feeling of connection with that person that you've done it. It's almost the same thing. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that connection you're talking about. So we, um, we actors call that, um, communion, right? And it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's two things. It's amalgamation of energies and, it's like when you the energies of like you were explaining like whoever you're doing that with when you guys are both just locked into that state um your energy sort of amalgamate to create art and um it's it's beautiful man and you create this sense of communion and just like i don't know man it's it's hard to it's hard to explain it's just something that i want to keep exploring we should all right not not the acting part, but I, I mean, like the, the, our spiritual sides, like I really wish people would dive deeper into that. You know, you see a lot of cartoons, man, that really, they do great as an adult, right? You see these things as an adult, they're written by adults. And so you understand a lot of the humor more rewatching shit as an adult. Like I was, I was like, what my kid was watching SpongeBob the other day. And like, I'm like, these motherfuckers have been cracking adult ass jokes this whole time and they just sneak it in on kids right um but anyway i bring up like the the avatar last airbender right um dragon ball z like these these are all like over the top shows but they're really kind of trying to 
dive into the spirituality of humans and like what we can do with the power we harness inside of us, right? Like what we can become, um, we can bend air, right? According to the airbender, but it's, uh, it's, so it's really mystical, man. But I really wish, again, I wish people would explore that part of themselves more. Yeah. It, it is something to get into. It's like a muscle to train. It does take time, but one must want to go that yeah. far. Yeah. I mean, that's why Star Wars works, man. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, you go back to, what is it, episode five, when uh, Luke's training with uh, Yoda, right, in the swamps, in the swamp caves. Um, that's really what spirituality is, right? Becoming a Jedi is 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 really about searching for everything you're looking for within yourself and just pushing yourself up to that level of immortality um that's why it works <laughs> yep it sounded like sada guru there man <laughs> i don't know if you ever watched that that episode with joe rogan sadhu guru he he said have you seen my views? That's why it works. <laughs> I just stayed still. I just said, I'm not going to question your belief, man. I'm just going to stay still. <laughs> That's sick, man. I got to catch up, man. I can't keep up with Joe Rogan, dude. He's, he's like every day he's pumping a new stone out, right? Seems that way. Yeah, brother. What is your morning routine? Oh man, it's not it's not been exciting as of late. Um, you know, my, my I'm in the reefing business, so we want to try and get as much work as we can uh, done before it gets really fucking hot. So I wake up uh, about five a.m. every day. Um, that's starting to kind of go into like cut into like four o'clock ish because the sun's starting to rise sooner. So anyway, I wake up early as fuck, do my coffee. Um, first thing, man, I fucking drag my ass over to the coffee machine and uh, kind of do that. My wife is gracious enough to, um, she's such a doll, such a sweetheart. She gets up and makes me some breakfast before I go. Uh, and dude, I start hitting job sites, man. That's my morning. I go straight into the field. Um, and then I work out in the afternoon. You know, I'm usually done with work about three, four o'clock, which I think is pretty early. And I like, I'll go home, get dressed, go to the gym, um, come back home, grill for the week and, uh, try to get some writing done at night. So that's uh, well. I just give you my whole my whole last day routine, bro. You only asked me for the morning. What am I doing? Are you high on something? <laughs> Not yet. I'm, I was gonna wait for after this right here. I didn't want to be too crazy. Do you do you consume cannabis or, or mushrooms? Uh, more 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 cannabis for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've microdosed before. I mean, I'm not too crazy on psychedelics. I'll be honest. Um. I liked it. It was a very, it was a very colorful experience, I should say. All right, shrooming up. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm a, you know, I, yeah, I like weed. You like weed? 
Weed is good. We should all do some type of psychedelic. That should be our next uh, presidential slogan. Yeah, I got some, I got a buddy that does uh, the DMT from Extracts. Uh, Luis Lopez, actually. Right? Luis Lopez. I have no... no Anthony Lopez, you mean? No. Luis Lopez used to work with us at the dealership, too. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. But anyway, he does these... Uh, he, he extracts DMT from some sort of poisonous toad and, you know, and they inhale it and it takes you on a journey, man. It takes you on a bender. <laughs> I don't have the courage to try that just yet, but. Uh, you should, man. Yeah. You should. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it, man. I really, you know, it's uh, I nothing against it. I really, I, I, you know, again, I'm very curious about it, but I'm such a like, I don't know, man. Like, so I've gotten, I've gotten through meditation in the past and through like acting, like what I'm searching for. Right. Like, I think a lot of times we take a psychedelic cause a, it really fucking really just makes you happy when you're not freaking the fuck out. Um, but it sort of makes you feel like all oh, it conjures up these emotions of love. And it's, you know, it's something that we're, that, that, that we, that, that we just want to feel, we want that in our bodies. I feel like, uh, that's what we're really searching for when we're doing these psychedelics, um, yes. whatever that is. Right. Um, and I feel like I've naturally been able to accomplish like, you know, whipping up that batch of emotion that I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, that's why I've like I've been kind of slow to, to 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 do the whole psychedelic thing. Um, to be honest with you, like, I'm sorry to cut you off there, brother. But to be honest with you, I think it might be like a like a backtrack. Like the first time I did psychedelics, which was LSD and mushrooms, uh, I think I'd take a double dose of uh, two tabs of LSD, and it was like seven, almost seven point seven or point eight of mushrooms. But the, the experience that I was having, brother, was me sitting down at the table, zooming out on the table, coming back three hours during the day, and then somehow I would be in during the night and then come back during the day. So I was remembering certain things happening while I was staring at the table. And I would come back to the restroom and relax, and I would detox a lot. So I, I took a shit a lot. I don't know if it, that's just a sense of detoxification, but I cleansed a lot. And that's just what happens when I do psychedelics. Like, I cleanse a lot. Okay. But th that time after it happened, it was I felt in that sense of purity, love, and, and chillness. And, and I felt like everything was just a flow. But out of nowhere, I started entering that dark night. I'm not sure if that's a good label or not to put that label on it. But it was just a flow where I felt like everything was going to shit. Like Donald Trump announced that, you know, the pandemic had happened. Some other shit was going down in my life. Like I, I've lost a lot of things throughout my, my relationships, my passions, the things I was doing. And then I don't know where it was just a sense of serenity. But I felt like it wasn't my time to do it or that large of a trip. Like if I took advantage of what I that knowledge was, that's the way I felt about psychedelics. I'm not saying that it was some type of bastardization or some type in, 
of you know maluse of psychedelics but all of the experiences we do have happen for some reason and that experience was fucking crazy you know to never do again until seven months later or eight months later and, and that's how i kind of take my psychedelics where i take a break and i'm like chill out bro you, you took a beating that's it's not being a masochist you know it's like i know you like the pain and to know what reality is but just chill out and i did i never did it again i haven't done it in about a year year and a half mushrooms i'll do here here and there microdose but other than lsd and harder like dmts no man it's just that it's it's the knowledge that that shouldn't be taken for for bad things everything should come at its time kind of like you like it's it's a, a rite of passage the way i see it Yeah, man. I mean, it's, that's what I hear. I, you know, that's what I hear about psychedelics. I mean, I've I've done a lot of interviews that I did a short film about a psychedelic type trip. And, um, you know, given that I've never done them before, I wasn't going to lie to people and say that I have. Um, I just interviewed anybody I knew that had taken um, uh, some sort of psychedelic. I got to interview one guy that actually did do ayahuasca, which was that one. Um, a couple guys did DMT and the, everyone for the most part, I mean, describes the whole trip to be about that, right? You go through how before you really get to that sense of serenity. Um, but it, what it sounds like more than anything, I mean, is that it's a very reflective journey process. Yes. It's, very yeah. Reflective. So, so it's, it really seems like a Christmas carolee, like a Charles Dickens type uh, novel, that you put yourself through here, right? But you're just kind of looking at things from a different angle and observing and just kind of taking things in and things are just that your real issues are getting put in front of you. And it's like, this is what and that, this can, is what and that doesn't just things. happen. Exactly. That doesn't just happen with psychedelics. This can be achieved through loss of love, either some misconnection yeah. with a relationship or either you just going through some type of depression or some type of cause, maybe you lost some eyes or you you can't see no more, you lost a limb. That could be a great, you know, impulse to change your perspective in life. That's how I feel about psychedelics. Like everybody should do them because everybody should do them. It's 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 a way to a, maybe enlightenment or just a process of consciousness. But not for everybody. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, dude. I'm definitely gonna get up in there. I got some friends in New York. And they suggested something that I'm like, I'm, I've been fixated on for a bit and it's Truman and going to the, like the opera. And I think that would be so much fun. Like just go to an opera shroomed out. Um, so I think that's, I think I'm going to save my liver for that one. <laughs> it be fun. Yeah, definitely will be fun. Yeah, some type of Phantom of the Opera or some type of modern opera. Get wild, man! I, I sent you a wrong question, man. Looking at number five, uh, why did you choose entrepreneurship, bro? You know, uh, sort of corporate America kind of pushed me there, right? This rat race of ours. Um, I just got, you know, I'm gonna put this bluntly, man. I got tired of working for rich white men, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just no other way of putting it it's not a pride thing it's not a mexican thing either it's this isn't like you know i didn't join it because i'm a stubborn mexican and i just got sick of people 
thinking I was dumber than I really was. Um, and I wanted to, I don't know, prove myself right, I guess. Uh, it seemed like no matter where I went, um, the problem was always me. You know, like no matter who I worked for, it was like the problem was me. And that's typically, that's typically always the case with like when you're disgruntled, when you don't like work, right? Like you blame everything and everyone at work, but you never blame yourself. <laughs> like I am fully admitting that the problem is always me because I just don't, I don't, I, I just, I didn't want to work for a rich white man, man. I just, I don't know. It's something. It's a problem with the bad experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess like, I don't know, like I, I'm always, you know, like the, the left side of my brain is always clashing with the right. That's, that's the yin yang of it all. It's the balance of it all. And, you know, I'm a hardcore capitalist, but I also consider myself an artist. So like those two versions of myself are always fucking clashing. The only and, um, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that kind of, I guess for me, I just wanted to have, I guess I'm a little bit of a control freak in the sense of like, I want to be able to control my brand, be able to control uh, my time, be able to control really anything, everything. Like I just, I wanted the bumpers to come off. I wanted the, everything. I wanted to be a hundred percent on my own um, and just kind of, take it in right and just grow on my own and and uh help develop other people along the way and uh and really just get my ass kicked bro because that's what entrepreneurship is for the first few years is just you're taking dude you're getting ugh, you're getting pissed on you're getting shit on it's it's a it's a journey let me tell you if you only knew brother <laughs> <laughs> But those stories yeah. are the beautiful part, man. Those stories we went through. It, you know, when I left to uh, to Vegas, when I left there, because I quit w Watson because of a company called People Helping People. It was an insurance company, and uh, I didn't leave with the squad of money. I, mean, I left with what I had with my wife. And when I left for a week, you know, the days that I didn't eat because my either my boss didn't buy lunch or we didn't have anything to eat, I would go down to the hotels and steal crackers. And that was my meal. You know, that was that was my my hustle. Like I would I would wake up in the morning, talk to old people, try to convince them to buy insurance or roll over their 401ks to an IRA and then on to the next day. And it was it was a hustle. It was a grind. It was a beautiful process though. It, it really did humble. It really did humble. Dude what happened to people helping people? Are they still a thing? They are still a thing. They are still a thing. And it's 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 network marketing is what it is, right? Staggering okay. the same thing as a company. That's wild, man. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was this uh, there was this one. It was it MPA or something like that? MCA, right? I don't really remember back in the day. I think we were in high school, probably. And uh, people would just be posting wads of cash and say, oh, I'm making all this money working for MCA. And like, it's like this networking, it's like PH, it's like people helping people, but like for car extended warranties or some shit. And like, people are just bragging about all this cash that they're making and they're like 17, 18 years old. 
it's just interesting but you're right man those experiences are pretty humbling bro like props you know yeah it was fun. i wouldn't i wouldn't do that shit yeah, because you're you're losing a lot, exposing a lot. You're really being a fake person, but that's what sales is, you know, representing something that you truly are not at that sense to be convenient to your opportunity. It's just a way of thinking or to visualizing that perspective. It might not sound good to say it's fake, but in reality, you're just putting a front to make a sell. Yeah, man. I remember getting approached by things like that all the time, bro. I had this guy fucking drag me to a sandwich shop to have dinner with him, and he was pitching me this, like, um, some sort of miracle working juice or some shit, man. It's pretty funny, though, because it, like, reminds me of, you know, like, Westerns when they have uh, those, like, sleazy sales guys that are just selling out of their wagon and going from town to town. Just the famous shit. tonic. Jerry's tonic. Yeah. Yeah, you have no idea what the fuck you're buying. You don't know. All you know, all you have is a man's word. <laughs> and you're never going to see him again, right? So it's it's just interesting to see how sales has evolved and continues to evolve. And we're headed into that era of artificial intelligence. And, you know, it's definitely something people need to be very weary about. But uh even then, it's interesting to see how sales, how like even AI can do the job of a sales guy, bro. Like, it's fucking scary. It might be scary, but we have to also absorb that that is part of evolution. You know, look at the bright side. Maybe it's some type of evolutionary state that we're going through or a catalyst of destruction. It's fucking we're doomsday prepping i guess <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's what it is man yeah they're um um it's kind of scary man there's this movie called ex machina i don't know if you've watched it i think i have but ex machina it's by alex garland and it's a novel and um I think it's a novel, but the movie is just so fucking, it's so incredible. And uh, it's really, it's about that. It's about AI and uh, the dangers of her, you know? It's bound to happen. It's too late, like Elon Musk said. It's too late. We are there. What do you think your spirit animal is, bro? I feel like that changes, you know. Um, some days I feel like a lion. I feel like those, uh, you know, those like, I hope nobody takes offense to this, but I feel like those gals that like, guys and gals that like love astronomy, right? And they're not just cancers, right? They're cancers with a Sagittarius moon that aligns them with a the Capricornus, like, you know, they get really intricate with all these fucking uh, moons and signs and all this stuff. Um, what I'm trying to say is, like, they seem to have, like, a different sign almost every day, right? And I do, th- I feel like that's, that's, I'm that way when it comes to animals, spirit animals. Some days I feel like a lion, some days like a wolf, some days like a fox, right? Like, some days an elephant 
Um, so I think that really changes, man. I'll be honest. I don't really have one particular one. And I wear so many hats, right? Like, like you as well, right? You're a dad, right? You got the dad hat, the entrepreneur cap. You got um, fucking me. I got a roofer hat the writer hat, like all these different hats that you got to put on. And I feel like you really kind of have to embrace a different beast in you. Right. Yeah, definitely. To, to be able to play all these roles. So do you find a sense of of evolution maybe towards one specific animal? Did you by chance uh, ever go to the zoo and say, this is Sergio or this is a person that I, or this is the animal that I, I resemble the most. Um, right. I guess nowadays it's the elephant, I would say. Um, they don't forget. They don't forget. Yeah. Elephants seem to be very, very, very loyal within their own community. Um, very family oriented, you know, like you don't, you don't fuck with a lot with a, with a, with a, with a mama's cub, you know, um, but you know, I, I don't know. It's something that, um, like, I, I when my kid was born, we drenched her whole room in elephants and stuff like that. For some reason, we gravitated towards that. You know, it felt like it was. It just felt right, and it's. I feel like something that I kind of embraced myself as just in the dad role, and really kind of, uh, both physically and emotionally, protecting my kid through everything, right through through life and. I think the elephant nowadays, man. I know everyone, it seems kind of boring, right? But <laughs> I know everyone's like, oh, I'm a wolf, man. I'm a wolf, bro. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's an easy answer in my opinion. Yeah. Everybody sees a wolf. And we are, you know, <laughs> we come from an evolution. But I, I too, I mean, resemble an elephant. I, I can say I, I love the elephant. I've always had elephants around me. My first child, she was doused in elephants. Her baby shower until she was born. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a fascination with Dumbo, man. Like, the whole idea, the impossible idea, like, the overcoming the impossible of, you know, a flying elephant, right? Like, it's, there's something to that. And, um, uh, yeah, I love Dumbo growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Elephants can represent a lot, a lot of knowledge. Um, and the practice that I, I uh, a friend with uh, Yoruba, which is also referred to as Santeria, um, Orula wears a, uh, what's called a tablero or a round plate. And in the front, he has two elephant husks made of wood. And those represent the knowledge or the bound table of knowledge or the oracle. So he would always be represented as an elephant or as a green stump because in the story or the parable where he was born raised, uh, he was brought from the ground. So he was buried halfways because of a curse of his mom or his aunt. And uh, he lived his entire life buried underground and people would come and ask him for oracle uh, premonition answers or any type of prayer so they could conceive some type of blessing in their life. And that's who Orula was. He was the representation of the elephant, um, almost like the wise guy or the uh, person who holds all knowledge, but he was condemned in his own life. 
That's interesting, man. That's really interesting. What's it? What story? What's the name of the story you said? Orula, O R U L A. That is the, the deity. But all his parables, well, you'll see that story. That's very interesting, man. I, it's stories, man. I'm a I'm a storyteller, man. I love I love stories, you know. Yep. Oh, you write them now. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a process. You spend a lot of time, you spend more time procrastinating than you do writing. <laughs> Pretending that you're writing, like you'll be thinking about shit in your head and you're like, yeah, I'm like just the fact that I'm thinking about it, it counts as writing. <laughs> Have you written music in the past or, or just your own script? No, man, I would love to write music, man. I started taking guitar lessons um, and I just, you know, as like, I'm really, really, really kind of growing into myself, the artist. We all have an artist within us, man. You know, we all just, we use different brushes and have different strokes. Um, and I've, I'm really like, as, as I grow older, I'm really trying to dive into everything, right? Like the dancing, the, the, the drawing, the, the music, the just everything. I'm just trying to just, I'm just like, I want to try everything. Um, that's what I've been into lately, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to get myself enough time to, or enough money to get by myself my time back, you know? That's the game, like, that's the one thing that I wish, that's really what it is. It's not so much the money, it's like, if you get the money, you can buy the rest of your days, right? Like, you can buy that, you know? You might not be able to buy the time that you spent working for somebody back. You'll never get that back. But if you invest all this money into you and your own business and you invest all this time and effort and just fucking go for it, man, and do it for you and, and you can get yourself to a position where you can create a sustainable business without it needing you there tied to the desk and you can get to that point and you can afford to purchase back the time you have left. Like, I feel like people should use that time to really try everything they've want, ever wanted to try. You know what I mean? So, um, kind of living a fulfilling like, life. Yeah, dude. And like, we have all this and like, well, there's a reason, like we're all artists, right? We all have something in us. You know, some of us are musically gifted. Some of us simply need to practice to become gifted. It's like anything, literally anything. You can learn anything anything you can learn how to sing i know my wife i get in an argument with her this shit with this show all the time she says no you can't just learn how to sing i'm like anybody can learn look there's no guarantee you're gonna sound good i mean we all at the end of the day have our own voices and it's a matter of finding whatever that voice is you know and finding the right octaves and hitting the right notes but anybody can learn how to sing technically right if you if you take the lessons for it Anybody can learn how to play a guitar. Anybody can learn how to draw. Anybody. The problem, the biggest fucking, the elephant in the room is you need the time. Right? We have you the time. time. I think we, we, we take our time to, to an extent. Well, like we bullshit a lot or we procrastinate. That's time that can be used for other things. You know, the whole being undisciplined yeah, yeah. thing, it, it's like that's just an excuse. You know, it's an excuse to say that we go with the flow. 
when in reality we can set a schedule to do the things we want. You're a thousand percent right. <laughs> I just I don't like I don't like saying that, you know, because <laughs> People are like, that's bullshit. You don't have, you must not have kids, right? They start throwing you their, their life at you, like all their fucking obstacles and shit. And I'm like, okay, but what do you do from like 6 p.m. to like 11 p.m.? Okay, and what do you do from like 4 a.m. to like 7 a.m., right? Like, what do you do with your lunch break? What do you do on your day off? You know, what do you do on your paid time off? Like, so you're right in the sense of I think of people I think people really do feel like really like I guess it's a sense I of entitlement like to pity. You know, everybody wants to have an entitlement yeah. to be pitiful. You know, you don't have that's to true. live that life. It's an easy <laughs> bailout to anybody that says that. Man, easy bailout. I'm like, oh, you know, I couldn't go for it because I just don't have the time. You know, it's like fuck. We but you can do. see the, the 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 line of awareness, and that's where some type of new. Do you practice numerology by chance? No, no. Um, well, it's a sense of your birthday, and it degrades your your sign to a number, and that's the evolutionary state of who the people that do believe in reincarnation believe that you have certain states of evolution in your soul. How many times your soul has appeared here on this planet, or in an, any evolutionary state? So when it comes to a life path number, it is to say the older the number is, the older the time that soul has been on this earth. Now that can be a good thing and also be a bad thing because that can give you a telltale sign of how far that consciousness is within that human. Or that can also give you a sign to say maybe you're, you yourself haven't evolved that far because you are a higher number sign. What is it that you still haven't learned in this path as you've evolved as a human. So I think that I can take a little bit of it. I don't believe in the whole astrology thing because there's a lot of mixed shifts, a lot of things that happen in, as in one organism. Um, it's a lot of power to set in the stars, I'd say, you know, more like the stars lay in your hands type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, dude, that's all. That's interesting, though, uh, what, what you were taught, the numerology thing. Yeah, reincarnation is such a, like, for me, it's still such an open-ended question, right? Like, what is it? What does it mean? Exactly. How does it tie into karma, if anything? Um, and I believe I talked notion. about this before. Go ahead. Did the, no the whole notion of being an old soul is like, well, maybe, maybe I've lived many times before, right? So I don't know. So does that make me a bad person or a good thing? Or does that make me this or does that make me that? It's always a label that we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess I don't, maybe people aren't asking the right questions um, or not enough questions. I don't know. That's or Maybe there's no question to be asked. I know, man. It's so interesting. I, I've really learned to accept that... Um, I've learned to accept that I don't think we'll ever know what happens with in the afterlife. And I stop worrying about it. And like, because it's not on my mind, it's not something I really think about. Um, and, and, and because of that, I no longer fear death, you know, 
for me, it's just like I've accepted that. I feel like it's it's like if there is reincarnation. I don't know if you've seen Men in Black, but when they flash people, I feel like when you die, that's that flash. All right, forget your old life. Put you back in this body over here. You're getting shipped to South Africa this month, uh, right? Like, I don't know, man. It's interesting. Have you had any experiences like you said? You have that spiritual experience where you say you had it a normal experience, but now you're telling me that there's still some type of non-belief of, of the supernatural um do you think that that supernatural happens to have a different name in your your vocabulary or a different name in your your library rather than putting a ghost to it or saying it's a ghost uh, because i'm not sure if you are aware there's certain sadhanas in yoga where you can achieve that state to talk to or perceive ancestral life i'm not sure if it's just a subconscious state of mind where you go back into your akashic record and you degrade that to your own reading um i like so uh, there's this term that we use in acting class and it's you know what we try to accomplish and it's like a su uh, super consciousness and i think when we start dealing into this what sucks about the whole the concept of what supernatural is is that it's tied into horror and that's i guess the one thing that i don't like so exactly about that is that people like I, I guess hollywood that's hollywood's fault right with fucking exorcism stories and ghost stories and the overuse of these tropes uh, people you know anyway um but this like uh like when you really achieve super consciousness and you tap into something you're talking about reaching your ancestors and whatnot like I bet I fucking, oh yeah, I believe in all that shit, right? Because you're, I don't know, man, there's just something that, uh, there's something to life, there's something to the cosmos and this fabric of the universe that, like, it's just weird, man, like the way, you know, like radio frequencies just float in space, right? Like, I feel like it's, it's pretty similar to human spirits that simply just float in time and space. Um, so like when you tap into these, uh, when you're saying that you like mediums, for instance, when they reach these entities, these energies, these ancestors, um, I do believe in all that stuff, man. But I do think it's sort of that human having reached or having been gifted with the ability to reach that level of super consciousness to, uh, really be able to find what they're looking for. Right. Um, that, I believe in all that shit. I guess, again, it's hard to say that I believe in ghosts. Um, just flat out saying that because, again, people, like, they immediately correlate that to, like, fucking spooky stuff, right? So, And, and that to say, like, for example, mediumship, um, there's a lot of development of seances and opening of circle in Yoruba. And... Uh, uh-huh getting to know the person that you're or your client you know that you're working with there's a lot of uh, identification of psychology where we're using psychology to to identify the problem and then in that sense that is how the ancestor does happen to to assist because some people just need closure or some people are just looking for some type of sense now there might be some type of communication being done through the person or the person who is operating the seance. 
but I think there is a connection that has to be, whether if it's faith or some type of belief, you have to be in tune in order to achieve it. But I believe it's a muscle that can anybody can train as well. Yeah, it's wild. I was um, I, I I saw this documentary that I was very skeptical about. Like I was very skeptical. So I watched this documentary when I was I was just fucking I was I was toasted, man. And I was I was laughing at it. And I remember I remember laughing at it, thinking this is the biggest piece of bullshit I think I've ever seen. Right? Like, why would Amazon drop this documentary? Right? I'm like, how is this highly rated? So then I rewatched it again, except not lit. And that shit made sense what they were talking about. So these people have this theory that UFOs, right? Like these unexplained, these unidentified objects that just keep popping up now more than ever because technology is able to capture it better than ever. Um, There's this theory that these are simply, they're, there, it's light, literal light that is being reflected onto our earth, but it's being called upon by human consciousness. So this guy takes these people out to like northern Arizona, like Utah, uh, that sort of uh, like four state border area where like a lot of anomalies have been reported in the air. And this guy takes these these people that obviously want to do this thing and they go out to the desert where the stars are just beautiful and they start to meditate in communion and start to call upon and invite these so-called energies. These dudes literally spawn UFOs, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was like these lights were just coming and out. And it's sort of like, I don't know, I sound like a conspiracy theorist right now, but, you know, I've been reading a lot into, like, uh, quantum entanglement and just the fabrics of the cosmos and all these different concepts and notions of human consciousness and how it connects to the universe and how gifted we humans really are to have this potential, right? Like, because we're all born with, the same potential to achieve super consciousness, but not all of us do. Well, most of us don't. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's, it's all interesting shit, man, because it, it's basically like you're, you're inviting, you can invite almost anything to our world. So that really kind of opens up the conversation of like, you know, the whole idea of there being the parallel universe is the multiverse theory and, and, uh, all this other geeky science shit that we can go on and on about, but like, well, I think I've mentioned this before, like the double split theory. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the double split theory? No, I mean, enlighten me, man. So, so there was an experiment done of the double split, meaning that they were shooting light at a microscopic rate through a plate or an iron plate. And there was two slits the slits were on the other side where a panel was flat and the light was zooming through, creating two vertical patterns. But what had happened is that they were measuring it with a special tool that didn't have any observer. So it was being observed by the energy rate that it was hitting the, 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 the pallet or the piece of metal. So when a person stopped visualizing or watching the light shoot through the beams or the two lines, fragmental lines between the two plates, the light was shooting on a sporadic pattern, 
meaning that there was endless possibilities. But when the eye had consciousness or was aware of the light passing through the two splits, the light or the uh, light interacted in a different way, in a vertical pattern, because we are used to seeing light being shot straight. Our mind cannot process the fact that there's endless possibility of light having the ability to process through different objects. So they figured out that that was the dead cat theory. You know, you don't know if the cat is dead inside of the box. There's a 50-50% chance that there is or there is not a cat inside of the box. And it is or it is not dead or alive. So it's almost like the God particle. It's, it's until you achieve that consciousness that you can make it reality. And that's what science translated that theory of light. And I think that that might be some tapping into something spiritual where we have the ability to transcend and use that ability for endless possibilities. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, that's, this is why a lot of people take psychedelics and shit. Going back to that is because they want to sort of achieve that <laughs> if they're creating something, right? Like, you hear so many artists um, becoming drug addicts and stuff and just sort of trying to alter their state of consciousness to achieve super consciousness and give that to whatever they're working on, give that to their art and achieve something beautiful from it. Um, And it boils down to, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just, there's so many mysteries and wonders to the world and I'm sure we'll, we'll die without getting all the answers, but, uh, just the simple, like, just simply asking these questions, right, of yourself, of the universe, is good enough, I think. Yeah. You know? It is It is good to ask a lot of questions before we die. And thinking about the future, brother, did you happen to have any aspirations as a child? Like, who, who did said he'll want to be as a kid? Like, did you want to be the president or... Uh, any type of aspiration. Oh, man. I've always wanted to be a movie director, man. Since a child. I don't since a kid, dude. I don't know why. I just it's that's the one thing that, you know, and I stopped telling that to people growing up because they would just scoff at me. They would just sort of laugh and I and it's not that it, they hurt my feelings, it's just that I stopped caring to tell people what I wanted out of life, right? Because, like, you know, we don't live in Los Angeles. We don't live in New York. We don't live in the UK. We live in Tucson, and nobody's making movies in Tucson or Arizona, Phoenix. Nobody's making movies out here unless it's a Western. And anyway, it's just not the scene, right? So it's just odd that I've always wanted this. It's just something that... I I just fell in love with it as a kid, man. It's just there's just something to the movie theater. I don't know which one you went to growing up. I went I'd go a lot to the drive in theaters. We'd sneak in all my cousins under blankets and I would go to the theaters right there on Grant. Those um anyway, there's just something so it's outer worldly for me, man, when I step into a movie theater and I see somebody's work and it's like I used to do, I used to draw a lot as growing up as a kid. Um, And I would just sort of get lost in that. But then when I started watching movies and really watching movies, not just seeing them, um, 
I was like, man, that's that's a canvas right there. Like I'm over here painting, I'm over here drawing, and then I'm like, you know, you're watching movies, and I'm like, that's a different kind of canvas. Like it's now it's a digital art, but it's it's just so there's so many moving parts, and it's to me it was like that's a new challenge. Like I want that. The ability to conjure such emotion in a lot of audiences is insane. That itself is insane, I think. Yeah, and we're just to try to capture somebody's attention uh, who paid the price of admission and keep their attention, and not just that, but try to teach them something and make them feel, like you said, conjure up these emotions, make them feel all these things. Like you want to strip people of their expectations and really make, help make them vulnerable with you on this journey and whatever it is. Honestly, most movies suck. Uh, but the very few that are fantastic is, uh, to me, is what makes it all worth trying to pursue, you know? The pursuit of happiness. So yeah, yeah, man. And that's where I'm happy, bro. Like, whether I'm behind the camera or in front of it, just being on set, dude, learning the, like, knowing the language of it all, knowing the terms and, and it's a different kind of grind. It's a different kind of hustle, but it's work, man. Whether you're in front or behind it, you're talking 18 hour shoot days. You're talking, you forget to eat two, three meals. <laughs> like it's just, it's crazy, man. It's, but it's so exhilarating and fulfilling. And every time I do it, it's just, I, I can't wait to go back and, 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 and do it again. So that's where it's at, man. That's crazy, brother. Well, we talked on your spirit animal, brother, and I wanted to ask you first because a lot of the resemblance that we show first is what we call our token animal or the animal of our favorites. You know, Do you happen to have a favorite animal, whether it's a feline or a dog or any specific pet or maybe something in the wild? I think the honey badger, man. <laughs> yeah those guys are and in, they're interesting man they're uh they're very tough they're unorthodox um they're not the they're not the prettiest they're not the strongest but like they fight to the death every time they fight you know and those those honey badgers they're an interesting creature man i don't know what uh where they fall on the pyramid of animals, but um, you should see some honey badger highlights, man. <laughs> Did you know that they uh, actually yeah. cultivate 26 species ecosystems? So a honey badger will produce 26 ecosystems that are viable for microscopic life all the way to mam mammal life. So without the honey badger, a lot of species would die off. So it's a very important animal inside of the food chain. That's insane. I didn't see. I didn't know all this stuff, man. That's great. I'm glad. It's like know. a heart puzzle. I came here. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy, man. Honey badger, it is, bro. That's the one I'm going. Final answer. <laughs> Brother, if you could recommend one piece of advice to anybody, whether if it's an entrepreneur or somebody who's looking to open up a business, what would that advice be? Um.
trying to word this in a way that it doesn't sound so like cringe and repetitive to what other people have said. Um, what I would say, like, look, a lot of people are always stuck on that. Like, I want to start my own business. And they kind of spin their wheels at that. And then they don't know what they want to do. A bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't have the, firstly, they don't have the why and they don't have the what. Right? It's, they just want to start a business, right? And like, it's got to, it's got to be more than that. Um, I think before you want to start your own business, you need to know what you want to do, right? Not what you want to accomplish, but what you want to do. Um, and a lot of people are stuck on the, the whole thing of like, well, I don't, I don't know. So then they start to invest into acquiring a new skill or learning something new so that they can start a business in that. And I would highly, I would highly suggest you don't do that. I would recommend your very first business, you do something that you know. So like writers always give this, each other this advice and it's write what you know, right? Start there. And it's, it's the same for your business. Start with what you know. Uh, you, for instance, you know animals. You have a business that revolves around renting reptiles, right? You have an animal catering business, right? Yep, that is correct. You know animals, okay? That's fantastic because the other half that you need to learn that nobody knows is how to market this fucking business, right? So people put themselves through hell when they need to learn the skills or uh, the objective and they still got to learn the marketing. You know what I mean? That's two things when you could just start with one, right? Start with one point on the board and learn the marketing thing as you go. Um, so I would highly suggest you dig into your own roots and ask yourself, what do I know? What do I know? Start your first business in that. Learn how to make money off of what you know. And... Um, what I'm basically saying is you'll learn how to make money by learning how to market that business that you know, right? Uh, that's what I did with roofing. I, I fucking hate roofing, man. I'm just putting that out there. There's nothing fun about being out in the sun, man. I mean, I was today, this morning, I was in Tucson coding a, it's like a 200, uh, what, 20,000 square foot. It's a huge gym, dude. This new gym that's going up right there on, on, um, on Campbell. And we're just up there, and it's it's easy work. I mean, we're just sealing and coating it. But anyway, just being out there in the heat, bro, you know, you are the shade, dude. There's just nothing fun about it, but I, I know it. It's something that I, I know personally. My dad's done it his whole life. I started doing it when I was 12. I'd go with my dad every other weekend and shit like that. It is not something that I like, I'm being honest, but it's something that I know. And I only needed to learn the other half, and that's how to market. So it's like, all right, this is my skill. This is what I know. It is what it is. Some things you're born with, some things you're born into. And I simply learned how to make money off of this. And with money that I made off of this, I was able to sort of branch off into other types of businesses like real estate and digital media. And I was able to spend money on my own hobbies uh, for once. And, yeah, man, that's the – long version but i hope that helps yeah man it's very uh 
broad and it's uh unbroad and it shows a lot of the uh the work that you put in through the years you know brother what is your favorite genre of music uh it depends on it depends on a lot man i um i want to be honest to you brother that you send me that song and i was like damn he said vibe kill and i'm feeling it as if it's one thing, man. I love Mexican music, but you tell me Banda is Mexican music, you're a blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. No, I love uh, I love me some corridos tumbados, you know? I was just talking to my nephew about this because we were jamming out on our way back home, and uh, we're just listening to uh, this, like, the Nueva, the nueva Escala of, of, of artists, you know? A lot of people don't like them. Um, but I like that they finally censored narco corridos, right? Um, I, I grew up listening to Mexican music. That was my first language. Uh, I, 95% of the time, I'm listening to something in Spanish. Different genres, though, right? Like, I'm listening to pop, pop in Espanol, uh, rock in Espanol. I'm listening to just everything, man, you know? Um, a lot, I, I've been getting into real hard into indie, uh, Latino music and it's just like that Tame Impala vibe, like the Parcells, a little bit of funky, some acoustic type stuff, but in Spanish and it just sounds so much better, man. It just, in, in Spanish, it just sounds so good. You know, it's just, it's, it's so much easier to be poetic. It's, I think it's just easier to be poetic in Spanish, you know? That's why I, I love the language. I personally think Spanish is the language of love, not French. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I've been getting into that stuff. Uh, I'm into Tame and Anything funky, Tame and Paula, I love me some blues. I'm all over the place, man. That's good. That's good to know. Do you have a favorite novel? <laughs> um... I don't think so, man. I think, uh, like, I mean, I, I consider myself a little bit of a psychopath, not a sociopath. <laughs> I won't kill anybody. Uh, <laughs> but I'm definitely, I'm unorthodox. The way that I think is, is not normal. Um, what I put my body through is not normal. Um, anyway, there's a, there, there's a movie called American Psycho. And... It's really fucking good. It's a cult classic with Christian Bale. Um, older movie. But anyway, the novel to that is really good. I like that. The style of writing is way different than anything. It's like this author is just word vomiting his his guts out with, with, with what he's passionate about, what grinds his gears. And he's doing it through satire comedy. And it's just he does it so beautifully. He hasn't. I don't like any of his other work, to be honest with you. But I would say American Psycho, man. Definitely have to watch it. Do you think you call yourself a psychopath because of the the, the way that you you work out certain things, or just the mind process of things? Just everything, man. I mean, I just I'm like, uh, I just I don't. You know, it's weird that I don't have ADHD, but I just can't stay still. Right, like I can't. I need to be doing something, whether it's working, um, working, writing, acting. Like 
I just load my plate up with more and, and I'm, you know, and, and I'm raising a kid too. So it's that in itself, I'm sure, you know, is, is that's a lot of work, man. It takes a lot of time. It does, man. Cannabis helps. Cannabis helps. Uh, yeah, I know. It helps Brother, so days. It does help. It does. It does. I had an ending thing here for you, man. What was your uh, previous line of business before you chose your entrepreneurship? And when I say entrepreneurship, it might go back to Watson or even before Watson. Did you happen to have any line of business prior to having any career? Nah, man. When I left the dealership, I went to, so like I transitioned into the mortgage business. So I got licensed to, you know, do, do mortgage loans. And I did that for like six months. But when I did that, I started my business at the same exact time. So I basically said two things. I said, I got to play this safe. I made two bets, right? I made a bet on the mortgage industry, which was, I, I joined a lending team at that time and they paid a salary, not commission, which whatever. Uh, that was a safe bet that I made so that I could keep my family fed. At the same time, I gambled on starting my business at the same time, my roofing business. So I started my roofing business out of my new job, which was doing mortgages. And I, I simply had, had two cell phones and I, one was the roofing one and one was the fucking loan one. And once the roofing business uh, was making enough money to float my salary, I quit that, you know, I quit the mortgage business, which I'm very glad about, by the way. I mean, I, you know, what are we in 2023 right now? It's like the, the housing market's been crashing pretty fucking hard lately. So like, I'm grateful that I didn't stay where I was at. Right. Because that would have been three, four years wasted, uh, leading to a collapse. And man, I'd be, I'd be shitting bricks trying to figure out how to feed my family right now if I'd stayed, you know, so. A realtor without a home that had happened in the past before. That's a, that's, it's, you know, it is what it is. You just got to be careful, man. I know, like, I don't want to say anything bad about real estate, but it's, uh, it's a grind, man. It's, it's, it's your self-employed at the end of the day, but it shouldn't be your only hustle. You know, I've tried, I've been telling people like that COVID boom, it was temporary, man. And I think we're seeing the residual effects of that. So, um, yeah, man, don't quit your J job, you know? I would, I would, I would keep your day job and work on your business by night. You know, absolutely. That's if Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, if Bruce Wayne could be Batman at night, you could start your own business at night. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Fuck Batman, but yeah, that theory. Take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, did you have any idol or any type of motivational? human or animal as a child i i watched wrestling growing up man i used to watch wwe so i'd say the rock uh for me his energy right he was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment um that man really motivated me because i knew his story early on i knew that he had come from nothing 
I knew that he came to this country with seven bucks and the dude became a movie star. Right. So like, that's really what he wanted ultimately. Like he used wrestling as the, um, the vehicle to get to where he really wanted to be. And that's in movies um, the whole time. Right. So it's sort of synonymous with what, you know, I'm kind of doing and I'm using my business as the vehicle to get me to where I really want to be. And that's also making movies. Right? So it's just, again, there's like parallels there. And, and I would, again, a thousand times over my first, my very first guy, uh, like influential person to me was, I'd say the rock for sure. That's crazy. And his work ethic, bro. Like he's got, he's got like some of the best work ethic, dude. Like dude's working like a maniac, man. And he's what he's managed to accomplish from where he's come from. And like the dude's for sure in the billion, like if you're counting all his assets and all his investments, he's got to be worth over a billion bucks by now. And to do that out of a vehicle that you knew wasn't going to be permanent. It's just, it's so inspiring. And I think, I don't think people see that, that, that angle of it all, you know? Yeah. You got to utilize something as a benefit. You can't just do it on the limb. It's what they call a, a non-pocket artist, you know, a rapper who, who doesn't have money enough to even write or pay for their, their studio. It's a, uh, it's a necessity to start off. You know, you have to uh, start off somewhere, uh, but at least start, at least start. Brother, do you happen to have any other questions for me? That was a, a wonderful conversation tonight. No, <laughs> oh, man. I really do appreciate you having me on. I it hope was a pleasure, at least brother. one person saw some value. Yeah, it was nice to see you, <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm growing my hair back out. Um, I'm going to try to get it as long as yours again. I used to have it right here, but I keep it long just for any rolls that come up. It's easier to cut it than it is to grow it. Um, that's definitely but anyway. It's great. good to see you, man. I love that. I love the look. Appreciate you, brother. You take care, man. It was nothing but an honor to have you on. We'll see if we can get you and the lady on later. All right, you got it, brother. Have a good night. All right, brother. Hold on here with me here a couple seconds here in the back room. I'll be right back. I'm gonna close up here the chat, brother. All right. Thank you so much for episode 17. Today was a great day here with El Sergio Jimenez, a renowned actor here in the future, as well as a person who is conceiving his producement with writing. Um, let's see what is to come with him. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight, as well for the people who did join the chat. Always much love. The Real George of the Jungle. This is the Spirit Animal Podcast. <laughs>